He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere, a radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. Hey, thank you very much, and welcome in on this uh, Monday afternoon. It's another hot one, 97 degrees on my uh, car thermometer, and uh, really don't see a break anytime soon. It's just going to be hot. And uh, for 242 MLGW customers, uh, they got no power this afternoon. Uh, nobody's got an explanation as to why. It's just they're out. I do know that I was driving around in East Memphis today. And, down some streets I hadn't been down, I guess it's the big storms. And it's amazing how many trees have been chopped up and are out on the sidewalks. Uh, huge, uh, just, you know, monster chunks of trees that they've been cut up and hauled out to the streets and more coming down. Uh, and then I've talked to friends in Texas, out in West Texas, and they say all the trees, shrubs, and grass they got out there is dying because of lack of water. Haven't had any rain out in Texas. So they're dying because it's not raining. Here they're dying because they're getting pushed over by extreme weather. So uh, just a lot of that going on. Uh, breaking news uh, this afternoon. Uh, uh, guy that everybody's uh, followed for years, uh, Pee Wee Herman, uh, passed away uh, this morning. Evidently, he had been uh, suffering from a brain tumor for six years. They operated on it, and the successful operations uh, six years ago, but apparently it came back and uh, took his life. He was 70 years old, which is not old. Now, when you're 72, <laughs> you go, wow. Um, the hearing for... For uh, Hunter Biden's former business partner, has been going on since about ten seventeen Eastern time this morning. Uh, they broke for a little bit around 1 o'clock our time and uh, went back in. And some of the word coming out of there is that uh, Hunter Biden had his, uh, his pappy call him at uh, different places uh, over the years some 20-odd times. Um, and it's interesting that, that you'll have... There are two Democrats and two Republicans on this hearing committee. And the Democrat came out and said, sure, he talked to them, but who doesn't talk to their son? Yeah, you call up. He was, hey, Dad, I'm having dinner with some folks. Say hi to everybody. Hey, everybody, how's it going? That's the Democratic version of it. And then you talk to the Republican version, and they're saying, well, he's, they were talking about building the brand. And he would set it all up. Then they said, now, he can't talk about anything specifically. You know, once we get him on the phone, I'm this is my supposition. Because then he'd get him on the phone, then take his headset off, put it on speakerphone. Now, here's my dad. Here's here's the big guy. And everybody would say hi. And so everybody go, okay, he's, he's, he could get him on the phone. And he calls him. And, um, okay, this, this deal is probably going to work. But they weren't stupid enough to sit there and go, okay, now, what's my cut again? <laughs> but we all know with uh, 20 shill companies, uh, LLCs they set up, and then also today, they it came out that Hunter had been using this encrypted uh, message service that the military uses, and uh, he was it, it was an app, and uh, it was uh, let's see if I can find it here. Uh, 
that uh, as soon as you send a message, and once it's received and opened by the party you sent it to, it immediately is erased from your uh, your server. And that he downloaded this app something like 252 times and deleted it 253 times. So what he was, it was you know, it's like, uh, well, I don't want to get caught with this. I'm going to delete it. Now, how they know that, I, I don't know, but apparently they're able to trace that. So he was, was not able to uh, to cover all of his tracks, but uh, we'll be hearing more about that, and we'll probably get some um, audio cuts uh, before the afternoon is over with. Uh, also, the uh, there's a lot coming out now with uh, Ford will lose $4.5 billion on electric vehicles this year, and they lost... $2.1 billion last year, and they're building the Blue Oval just northeast of us. Uh, that's gonna, that's all they're going to do is produce these e-pickup trucks. But then you find out that the government's giving them $9.2 billion subsidy. So do the math. Okay, let me see. We build $4.5 million worth of cars nobody buys, but the government gives us another $5 million to keep going. Okay, you keep the subsidies going, we'll keep building the trucks. And then I understand that they're going to raise the uh, Biden administration wants to raise the carbon uh, or the miles per hour, the minimum miles per hour for carbon cars or gas driven cars to 58 miles per gallon. (laughs) Even my Honda 50 didn't get 58 miles to the gallon. And uh, by the year uh, 2035. And then what? Then they're gonna. All these states like Connecticut and Rhode Island and all these northeastern states will ban any new uh, gas-powered cars by that same year. So what you got is called the squeeze. Is that they'll uh, they'll keep raising the ante on gas-powered cars and raise up the the EPA emissions and the uh, gas mileage up so high that they won't they won't any of them meet the requirements. So they'll ban them. In the meantime, only thing that will be manufactured will be electric vehicles. And so if you want to drive anything, there's only be one option. <laughs> That's the government option. These people just amaze me. Uh, I did want to give a, uh, a word of uh, warning out to anybody trying to go to from Memphis on Highway 64 to Oakland has been uh, severely impeded. There's some kind of huge cylinder on a flatbed truck with uh, motorcycle police escorts going about eight miles an hour, and they're not letting any cars pass them. And I talked to my friend Ron Olson. He's on his way to some kind of a appointment there in Oakland. <laughs> he, he's, he's not a happy camper. Nor are the rest of those people. You ever been behind on like a, Big old combine out on some rural road. You can't get past them. They're going along about four or five miles an hour. Then uh, you're honking at them. And they just, they they don't care. <laughs> and uh, apparently these people don't care either. But so uh, that's what's going on on Highway 64 if you're headed to Oakland. Uh, and you, now it's past the 385 overpass. So uh, you can't even try to beat them on that deal. Hopefully it'll. You'll get to Oakland, but if you're planning on going to Somerville, <laughs> you'll get there next Tuesday. Because uh, I talked to Ron, and I said, okay, have you gotten to 385? It's only about five miles past that is Oakland. But if you're only going four miles an hour, <laughs> you're going to be a while. So keep that in mind. On show today, we got uh, Randy Hutchison coming in at 3.30. We're going to be talking about 
those robo calls we all keep getting that say they're from Memphis. But and then you got these other ideas that it's like Tucson, Arizona, and Sacramento, California. I don't know anybody in those places. I'm not about to answer the phone for them, but when it's here in Memphis and it says Memphis or Collierville, and you go, but it doesn't have a name to it because I know people usually call me the same people and they have a name attached. So if there's not a name on that baby, I don't answer the phone. And it's because of these robocalls. Well, apparently the, there's good to be a crackdown on those people is about to begin. It couldn't come uh, more quickly than that. Uh, also, the uh, NFL is going to be cranking up uh, later this week, Thursday night, the Hall of Fame game between the New York Jets and the Cleveland Browns. And that should be interesting. Uh, you know, you get the... Uh, the quarterback from Green Bay that has gone to the Jets, and everybody the Jets are really excited about that because they think, this could be it. We're going to win now. But uh, we'll just have to wait and see on that. That'll be a big indicator that night. And uh, then, uh, so we'll be talking. Mike Adams is going to be coming in. We'll talk about some of the other teams. There's some weird stuff happening with running backs is that now they're kind of being de-emphasized, and, and a lot of the guys are free agents right now aren't being picked up. Because I think the the league has finally figured out if they hire really huge, good linemen and wide receivers, they don't need running backs. <laughs> and so, yeah, who would have thought? But I'm glad I didn't spend all my years uh, trying to get to be a good running back. I guess it would be over now. But had I, and then to find out that they're not going to be using running backs, although Dallas has this guy that's like five foot two, it's a running back. And he's like a speed demon. He looks like a little water bug out there. I saw some video of him this morning at the Cowboys training camp. And so that should be, I mean, these big guys, they can't move fast enough to catch this guy. And if they don't get a good hand on him, they can't even, they can't even get him down. Just grab his center of gravity so low that uh, you probably, you know, they're going to have to throw up a roadblock to stop this guy. So it'll be an interesting year. I'm ready for football to start. That means fall is not far behind and we're all ready for fall. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then uh, we'll be right back. Stay with us. And welcome back on a hot Monday, last day of July. I wish we could say that was the end of the heat, too. Goodbye, July heat. Hello, August heat. Just another day, folks. In fact, uh, looking at the, uh, they say that this heat wave is going to be turn out to be the hottest month in history in phoenix uh, over 31 days of over 110 degrees and that's not the heat index that's the actual thermal uh, uh, temperature and it's like 114 115 116 113 111 115 a few years ago in memphis we were over 100 for i don't know six or seven days and i just remember how brutal that was I and mean, it's just awful I mean, it just everybody just felt bad, and uh, so I guess uh, we just keep doing what we do until um, until it starts cooling off again. But I will tell you this: uh, I ain't going to come too soon. And here's why I'm not a daredevil. Uh, daredevil Remy Lucidi, thirty, known for Instagram stunts, dies after falling seven hundred twenty-one feet the top of a 68-story Hong Kong skyscraper, having posted a, a final photo uh, another on another high-rise. I've never understood that. Man, I, only, I remember as a kid, I, you climb up on your swing set, you know, and I'd go, woo, I'm getting down. 
Uh, and, and then it's a healthy thing. I don't, I've never understood people that like to get up there and, and see if this, if this is going to be it. In fact, I was actually watching a gyrocopter, uh, some video on Facebook over the weekend of these two guys, uh, one in front, one behind him, what's called a gyrocopter. It's an open cockpit, uh, lightweight little helicopter with a, with a prop on the back too that pushes you flying over the Pacific someplace. And then I saw a story this morning that may have been involved in this air show that was out west someplace. And one plane went down a World War II vintage aircraft with the pilot co-pilot, and uh, they were killed. And then a short time later, a helicopter collided with a gyrocopter, and both of them went down. So uh, I remember flying in the, it's called the aluminum cloud, which is a, a, a flying fortress from World War II, and it was, uh, I don't know how many missions over over Europe. And they, they're part of the Confederate Air Force. They take it around the country, and there's so much money you can donate and take a flight with it. And we were on board with this guy that uh, had actually flown like 29 missions over Europe as the bombardier, and he was going to go along. And his his grandson, who was about 21, they said, we'd like for you to go along too just for the experience. You'd be, be with your grandfather and on a mission you never thought he'd be flying again at his age. And you'd be going along too. And looking at the kid while he's, they're telling him to see, see if he wants to go. And he's shaking his head, no. And I, they said, so do you want to go? And he goes, no. Why not? That plane is older than my grandfather. <laughs> and he goes, I ain't flying on it. And I said, apparently, this kid's got more to live for than we do because we're all flying with him. <laughs> we did. It took off. And great flight. Uh, it just really makes you realize how... Uh, rudimentary those planes were it was just aluminum there wasn't anything there was no uh you know nice interior it was just you could see the ribs of the plane and all the wires and and uh for the tail piece and then you had to crawl you had to get into the 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 belly gunner before the plane took off and if anything happened to the landing gear and they had to belly land guess who who goes first the belly gunner there's no way out of that thing i mean i just sit there Ain't going to be no belly. That ain't happening. But you think about it. I mean, any place on that was there was no safe place on a World War II aircraft, especially with them firing flak at them. And, but then all that stuff. My father was a tank commander in a Sherman tank with Patton, and they said that uh, those were just nothing but death traps because if the German Tigers fired on them, their cannon would go right through a Sherman tank, and it would take like 15 Sherman tanks to take out a Tiger. I asked my father once, I said, well, what would you do if you knew there was a tiger in the area? He said, we would flee. <laughs> and uh, if you ever get a chance, watch a movie um, that uh, is, is about takes. And it's called Fury. And um, it's uh, very, very realistic. Uh, it's got Brad Pitt in it. It's one of the best roles I think I've ever seen him in. I mean, you forget that he's Brad Pitt. <clears throat> and he's... Uh, the other one was Moneyball. I think he did an exceptional job in that. And nothing, neither one of those roles had anything to do with his very good looks. I mean, he's a great-looking guy, but these were him acting and playing roles that had, had everything to do with just, just playing the role. And uh, it is uh, – both of them are really good movies. I did see one this weekend that I thought was just awful. <laughs> and we hadn't seen many movies lately because uh, – my grandson and my son-in-law and daughter have been 
staying with us until they got the, closed on their house. And so, you know, you, we watched a lot of cartoons for the last four months. <laughs> so no, no adult movies in the house. Uh, but so Saturday I said, we got some time. It's hot outside. Let's, let's watch a movie. So I got on Netflix and did all the searching. And I saw this one movie. It's called A Beautiful Life. And it's about this guy who was a, worked on a fishing boat. And, and he goes one night to a, uh, Mike night at a nightclub and with his pal, and he's going to play guitar for him when his pal sings to audition because he heard this could be this famous record producer in this audience. And so I thought, well, that, that doesn't sound bad. Then we start watching. I think I think this thing is dubbed. It turns out it was it was it was filmed in um, in Sweden, and uh, they were speaking uh, Swedish, or Dutch, or something. But you, the lips didn't match. And I said, but the, the guy sings in English, so that's what kind of fakes you out. You hear him singing, and then you go, oh, "That guy's got a good voice." But it was really like watching a long um, music video. And I told Kathy, I said. I, I don't think I can take much more of this after about 30 or 40. She said, you're not going to quit this on me. You're the one who said, let's watch it. I said, yeah, but I'm also the one that says, if this is a dog, I'm not staying to the end. <laughs> so, but, uh, write that down. It's a beautiful thing. It's, uh, I have no idea what, what turned that happened in it. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not blowing the, the, the grand finale about what happens in it, but it was basically because, you know, I didn't care what happened. And that's the thing you got to care. You got to care about the, the 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 lead and the the story. What happens to these people? And and you want these two people to get together. And and you know, after thirty minutes, I didn't care what, if I ever saw any of them again. <laughs> I said, "Good luck. Have a nice life. I'm going to go uh, do something else. I think I'm going to go water my plants and and clean out my um, hummingbird feeder and uh, recharge it." the little hummingbirds and do something good for uh, a few people out there. And so that's what I did. There are uh, two or three great movies out there. The Barbie thing has just killed it all over the, all over the world. I don't see myself going to see Barbie and my daughter, even though we had got her a Barbie Jeep when she was a little girl, she never was one for the Barbie dolls. And Kathy, I think had a bunch of Barbie dolls, but even she hasn't mentioned much about that. But uh, Oppenheimer, I just keep hearing more and more good things. My friend uh, who lives in Prague um, saw it and said it's one of the best movies he's ever seen. He's an actor. And uh, he said that uh, uh, Morton, uh, Downey Jr., which is, uh, not Michael Downey, uh, I can't think of his first name now, but the guy that's uh, done so many, he played uh, uh so many great roles and in this they say you don't even reckon it uh morton downey said morton downey jr i think so anyway he uh said that he's so good you don't even recognize him for like five or ten minutes into the movie then you go hey that's him uh so check out oppenheimer and then um, mission impossible another great movie gotta take a quick break we'll come back we'll talk about uh, robo calls and the crackdown let's get ready to start stay with us Breaking news now on the Mid-South's news leader, the mighty 990 KWAM. And we do have breaking news. We're going straight to the phones and Todd Starnes. Uh, what's up, Todd? 
Earl, we've been following this story over the past couple of hours, and uh, this is a, a pretty shocking development. Uh, but the Memphis police are now confirming uh, the information we received that a man armed with a gun uh, fired his weapon outside the Margolin Hebrew Academy. That was over at uh, 390 South White Station. Uh, that happened about 1230 today. There were no injuries at that location. The gunman fled the scene. And a and of course we understand that schools were placed on lockdown uh, across Shelby County, and that is the reason why. Well, a broadcast was disseminated across the county. MPD um, was late was able to spot the suspect vehicle in the area of McCrory and Gary Street. The gunman was ordered to get out of the car, and when he did, uh, he had that weapon. An MPD officer fired and struck the suspect. That suspect is still alive in critical condition at Regional 1. Uh, now, Earl, we also know the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation has been contacted and will be conducting the investigation. That's standard protocol in these kinds of situations. Uh, Chief C.J. Davis releasing a statement uh, saying that thanks to the quick response of these officers, they mitigated a potential mass shooting today here in Memphis. So, again, this is a developing story, and we're going to have the very latest over at KWAMRadio.com. Thank you very much. Yeah, we had heard about the uh, lockdown by Shelby County Schools. We weren't sure what it was about other than there was a, a threat of some kind in the Berkeley area. And uh, so thank uh, thank goodness for our great police department. As few as they are, they're still doing a great job, the ones that are out there. Todd? Yeah, that's right, Earl. So, again, that's the information we have. Suspect, a white man, he was uh, driving a Ram pickup truck with California tags, and that's all the information we have. No word on a motive just yet, but we'll keep you updated. All right. Thank you very much, Todd Starnes. And uh, as he said, we will keep you updated. Uh, right now we've got uh, our good friend Randy Hutchison with the Better Business Bureau in uh, to talk about uh, something not quite as dangerous, certainly annoying, though. It's uh, those robocalls that we all hate that we don't answer our phone half the time because of. The uh, FTC shuts the Federal Trade Commission, FTC, I'll tell you why I stress that, shuts down a lot of uh, uh, scammers, robocall scammers. Uh, who are uh, uh, cheating people, uh, different kinds of stories, trying to get money, trying to get their information from them. Uh, the FTC generally shuts down the scammers. Well, one other way to at least cut down on the number of scam robocalls is to prevent the scammers from even getting a phone into the phone system. That's where the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, comes in. Uh, they've ordered uh, re- uh, telecommunications. Uh, telecommunications companies to, to not even accept traffic from a company that also at the same time, another topic we'll talk about a little because it's in the headlines, uh, but uh, the company has originated many student loan uh, relief scam calls. Uh, <clears throat> of course, a lot of uh, 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 crooks are trying to take advantage of the uncertainty in the marketplace about what's happening with student loans. President Biden, of course, had tried to have uh, a, a huge number of student loans forgiven. The Supreme Court uh, said, no, you can't do that now. And that and that was an ongoing process for months, a lot of uncertainty there. Now he's uh, got some other ideas. Uh, we'll see what happens with those. But the point is a lot of uncertainty, and uncertainty scammers just rush right in there and say, well, we've got the answer. We're going to help you. Here's the answer. 
Okay, uh, an outfit called Umail, which is a legitimate company, a Umail, it's a call blocking company, estimated that uh, in one month, approximately forty percent of all the student loan related robocalls appeared to originate from a company called Earth Access. That's U R T H. No idea where the name comes from, but <laughs> Earth Access. Uh, one robocall said. Uh, everyone is now going to get $10,000 dismissed upon income verification. If you do not verify your income, your payments will start back up uh, automatically. And, of course, what they wanted you to do was click on, you know, one, to hear how you do this. Uh, you'd click and you'd be asked to provide your information to a, a crook uh, <laughs> who would then, uh, you know, in some way uh, steal your money. Uh, the FCC not only told other legitimate telecommunications companies, uh, network companies, to not accept uh, phone calls originating from Earth Access, but actually determined that Earth Access itself was the crook, uh, uh, originating the... It's like how to get rid of malware. You download the malware. Uh, So here's here's the advice. Um, First of all, companies... uh, uh, to place a sales-related robocall, companies have to have your permission. How many of us have given our permission None. to receive sales-related? You know, we may – there are exceptions to the robocall rules for doctor appointments and uh, flight uh, notifications and other sorts of some emergency things. But when it comes to something that's sales-oriented, you have to have given permission to receive the call, as you said, Probably none. There might be one person out there who has given uh, permission. But just think about it. If the call itself, they haven't even gotten to what they're calling you about. If the call itself is illegal, there's zero chance that the offer, the wonderful offer they're going to make to you is legitimate. Uh, When it comes to student loan debt relief, again, we anticipate that these sorts of calls are going to continue as long as there's this uncertainty in the marketplace are people going to get relief? Are they not? What are the qualifications? Uh, but if you get such a call, again, if it's a robocall to start with, it's almost certainly a scam. But if by chance it was a live caller, uh, if they pressure you to provide money or information on the spot, if they need to s- say you need to pay some sort of fee to get the relief or to uh, apply or to appeal uh, uh, an application you made to have uh, your uh, loan forgiven, if they direct you to some other website out of the official government student aid website, which is studentaid.gov, another red flag, a big one. They purport to be calling from some generic name like the Student Loan Forgiveness Center or the Tennessee Loan <laughs> the, Forgiveness Center. The well-known center. Uh, if, obviously, if you look at caller ID and you see something that is unrelated to student loans, uh that's a red flag. I, I get calls all the time. They may have a. I got one the other day. Had a car dealer's name on, and they were calling me about medic some Medicare thing. Okay? <laughs> of course, they're trying to get you an answer to the phone. Yeah. Um, uh, if the call, uh, the number, if there is a number on the caller ID, and it's your area code and your first three digits, but they're calling about student loans, probably no local outfit is going to be calling you about student loan debt relief. Uh, another red flag. And then if they ask for your federal student aid ID number, your bank account number, or credit card number, don't give it to them. And, of course, a lot of these tips apply to any sort of robocall. Just don't share personal 
or financial information with somebody who calls you out of the blue, whether it originates as a robocall or it's, or it's a live person. By the way, it's hard to tell the difference sometimes these days. Just don't, no matter how urgent uh, the, the message uh, may be, the situation may be, if by chance you think a call could be legitimate, hang up, call the institution using their publicly available number. In fact, uh, there was a thing on the this weekend on the national news that said that uh, people are just because of IRS and stuff. Uh, there are a lot of bogus calls that are going out like that. But said number one, the IRS is not going to call you. That's right, and they're not going to email you. They're going to send you a letter in the mail, and uh, that if you if somebody calls up and said and and they say, "Well, we're with the IRS," just hang up on them right there. But they said it's very important that you report it. Yeah, because that's how they catch these people is the faster that you can report it and they can tap into your line, the the better chance they have of actually apprehending these people or breaking up a ring. And and actually, I didn't realize, you know, we give tips all the time that if I recall correctly, they say, you know, you'll get a letter. It won't even be a text or an email. It'll be a letter first, so, you know, if, particularly if it's something to do with back taxes that you have, delinquent taxes. <clears throat> but I read something recently that I did. Uh, apparently the IRS under certain, not, not even necessarily rare, but, but not too frequent circumstances would visit would knock on the door. Oh yeah. And, and they're not going to do, they said they're not going to do that anymore because that has just been. Well, uh, look, look at some of the guys who are whistleblowers in Washington. They uh, got visits from the IRS. Yeah, so. And, uh, so it's like, it uh, depends on what you're doing and, uh, what they want to do. As well, well the thing, the, again, the one, if I had to give one piece of advice with all these robocalls, don't panic, slow down, don't provide personal or uh, financial information uh, if you think it could be legit. A bank, for example, a lot of these calls uh, impersonate banks. Uh, hang up and call the bank on a yeah. number you know to be legitimate, not even necessarily the one you find at the top of Google. because No, because they can be, be fake too. Phone. But And that's what they also said in this report is uh, call whatever the entity is, if it's the IRS, if it's uh, uh, you know whoever – uh, don't call the number they're wanting you to call because that's in all probability a fake bogus mm-hmm. number. Uh, but to call the, uh, just look it up and call the number that's, uh, that you can confirm as a legit number. But as, as Randy said, don't give them anything. In fact, don't even talk to them because they're so good at conning you into talking. We've from people who say, I'm going to talk, I'm going to give them my, a piece of my mind. Okay? <laughs> and the, 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 the folks just need to recognize uh, that these are professionals. Yeah. These are highly trained people, and they are trained to overcome your objections. And the longer you talk to them, the more chance there is that somehow they'll get you to thinking, well, well, I don't know, this guy does sound legit. So just don't talk to them. Yeah, that would be my advice, too. Randy Hutchinson, thank you very much. What number they can call or just go to your website? Call 759-1300, 1300 or come to org. Uh, check out a company, file a complaint about a company, file a review, good or bad about a company, uh, anywhere in the country, bbb.org. All right. Randy Hutchison with the Better Business Bureau. Thank you very much. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. And welcome back on this Monday afternoon. Uh, Todd Starnes is in studio, and uh, there's uh, he just called in a minute ago with breaking news that a man has been shot by Memphis police after firing shots outside a school of the Berkeley area, the uh, Hebrew uh, Margolian Hebrew Academy. 
Yeah, yeah, this is the Margolin Hebrew Academy, a very well-known uh, throughout the Southeast, uh, and they do incredible work, great students there. And uh, we understand this happened around 1220. We were getting these reports of all sorts of things happening across the city, yeah. and we were trying to figure out the puzzle pieces. You and I were talking about it before you went on the air. And so now we know that it's all connected. Uh, really, as a matter of precaution, they shut down all the schools, locked down on all the schools in Shelby County, um, until they could figure out who this guy was and where he was. And thank goodness you had a couple of MPD officers on patrol who spotted the bad guy, the gunman in this case, and they were able to make the traffic stop. Yeah, he was in a Dodge uh, Ram pickup truck with California tags, uh, white male, uh, and I said he got out of the vehicle with a gun in his hand and uh, uh, a very... Uh, Alert MPD officer fired and and hit the subject. Uh, he is uh, regional one in what critical but stable critical condition. And when you look at the timeline, uh, the initial shots happened around twelve twenty uh, this afternoon, and then I believe what about one forty? Yeah. So here's here's my concern, Earl. And of course, you're in the you're a public information officer. You know this. There were no alerts to the media. No. I mean, we had a guy, we had a gunman on the loose who opened fire in front of a of an academy filled with children, and well, we assume it was with children. We don't know if anybody was inside, but we do know that no one was injured. But if the timeline is there, uh, there was no information until just a few moments ago when the MPD released a fairly lengthy statement detailing what had happened. In the meantime, you had a you had a gunman on the loose for over an hour for over an hour who had opened fire in front of a of a, of a school. Yeah. Uh, I'm really surprised about that because, uh, you know, that's the kind of thing you want to get out the word as soon as possible. So, so citizens can also help you in looking for the suspect. That's right. And of course, we've been a great resource here at KWAM. There have been instances and you know, you go back to when the government was uh, opening fire and shooting people live on Facebook. We opened up the phone lines and people were calling in with information that we, we hope was somewhat useful to law enforcement. So, but well, we would like to hear from people. If you were there, if you saw what happened, maybe you have loved ones who are at the school. Uh, there is a major police presence right now outside the uh, Margolin uh, Hebrew Academy. We would love to hear from you. 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. Here's what uh, Channel 5 is reporting. It said that uh, he attempted uh, to enter the building, the Margolian Hebrew Academy, after he was unable to get in, which is that is the biggest uh, problem they've had Thank is God. doors not being locked. Mm -hmm. The doors were locked, so then shots were fired outside the school. Nobody was injured, and the suspect left the scene in a red pickup truck. School officials were able to give police a photo of the suspect. See, that should have been disseminated to all the media. That's right, immediately, uh, and a description of the vehicle. From there, officers were able to find the driver and pull him over. The man got out of the vehicle with a gun, and an officer fired. He was uh, rushed to the hospital in critical condition. Witnesses to say they heard four to five shots fired. Police Chief C.J. Davis uh, released the following statement, which you've already given us. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if you were out in that area, saw anything, we'd love to hear from you. 260-5926 uh, uh, is our straight line in. And, uh, but uh, kudos to the MPD that for doing their job, but I think it, it would have been – great if the public information officers and they have a number of them for the city uh mpd uh had gotten the word out to let us help them catch these people it, it's shocking to hear i mean any other major city you've got the public information officers and they're on the phones alerting the media hey we need your help here we've got a bad guy we have a dangerous guy out on the loose 
But I got to tell you, it sounds like in the initial reports we're getting, the heroes are at that school who made sure the doors were locked. They were able to get a photograph of this guy. I have to imagine that was through what security, security cameras, cameras. Absolutely. and get that to the police. I mean, that is that tells me they've got their act together and they had a security plan in place. Absolutely. And uh, so we're again, we'll give that number out. Earl, yeah, 901-260-5926. My apologies. Yeah, and uh, give us a call because we're trying to get as much information on this as possible. And uh, many times it does come from our listeners because you're all over the place out there. And uh, as our Stop Memphis Crime uh, Facebook page uh, testifies, uh, people are on that daily updating us on different kinds of uh, crime taking place in their neighborhoods uh, and in stores and and all over the city, unfortunately. But uh, uh, I think we've got somebody on hold now. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's... Okay, we're going to catch him. We got to go. To, we have a hard break here that we can't uh, pass by. Uh, we'll come back and we'll uh, check in with our listeners. So stay with us. We'll be right back. He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere. A radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. Yeah, thank you very much, and uh, welcome back. Uh, we're still updating uh, on this uh, shooting that took place in uh, East Memphis uh, this afternoon. This Bureau of Investigation has been called in to investigate the shooting because it involved a Memphis police officer. It happened at McCory Avenue near Abon Road in the Burklair area around 140 uh, this afternoon. Uh, that's where the subject was shot by police after he was uh, pulled over. They had a description of the truck he was in and his description uh, in a photograph sent by the school, which is the Margolian Hebrew Academy. Now, this incident at the school took place about 1220, and uh, it was uh, the, the subject came up to the school, uh, tried to get in the building, was unable to do so, and then fired at least one shot, possibly more, and then he left the school, and uh, they sent out uh, – pictures and information to the police department and, and then the one that was at twelve twenty at one forty is when the police spotted his truck uh they pulled him over he was unable to get in um they pulled him over he starts to get out and he had a gun and an officer fired he was rushed to the hospital in critical conditions he remains in critical condition i just got a call from uh a listener who's a prominent member of the uh jewish community here in memphis and he said that the school knew who this man was and that he is a member of the uh, Orthodox Jewish community, so this was not anti-Semitic, uh, and that he didn't was not going to the school to hurt anybody. Why he fired off his weapon, we still don't know that, um, and, but that uh, they knew who he was, and that's how they were able to get police information on him. Uh, why he was going to the school, we don't know, and why... Uh, he tried to get into the school. We don't know. 
but I'm sure all that will come out. The good news is he did not get into the school. Nobody at the school was hurt, and uh, he was um, now in police custody at, at the hospital in critical condition. Uh, and we'll have more on this uh, shooting when we get it. Uh, right now, that's uh, that's what we know. So um, it's uh, it is interesting though that they knew who this person was and. That may be because Todd and I were discussing it earlier that uh, why didn't they alert the media and let us help uh, in getting the word out um, that this person possibly is disturbed. Uh, maybe they didn't want anybody to take any kind of action against him until they had a chance to apprehend him. They are the professionals. We're not. And uh, I think a lot of people think, well, if we, we, we see him, we'll do something. They don't want you do, doing that. That is not, uh, that is not helpful. And even they, in their professionalism, uh, ended up still having to shoot him because he exited the vehicle with a gun. And I promise you, they said drop the gun. That is the first thing they do. They're all behind their vehicles. and But they still, if somebody does not obey a command immediately and they've got a weapon, they're not going to take a chance on them being shot. And that that is standard operating procedure in law enforcement. So uh, our prayers go out to this young man and his family. Uh, certainly, and the police officers involved, because I promise you that's the last thing they wanted to do coming to work today was was shoot somebody, no matter what the situation was. Anyway, we will keep you updated on it and, um, and anything else that uh, develops from that. Uh, right now, we're going to change the subject entirely, <laughs> which a lot of times it is, uh, is good to do after something like that. I know I find myself watching a lot more baseball these days instead of tuning in to Fox News, I go, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> and so this week, uh, the NFL cranks up again. Thank God. Amen. Amen. Mike Adamson, uh, our uh, sports expert. <laughs> it still always amazes me that you put the word expert behind my name, whether well, it's football I, or whatever. <laughs> well, but you think about it. You are, you are a uh, uh, referee. You've huh? been refing football games for years and years. You're uh, you do pro, semi-pro, you do college, and uh, and you love it, and you're a big fan of sports, and we have a lot of fun with it here. And, you know, the way it is, unfortunately, the way things are today, when you tell somebody you're a referee, your credibility drops a little bit. It used to be everybody go, oh, wow, and they want a story. So what you're saying is you get out of that striped uniform as quick as you can after an event, right? It's, it's very smart to do that, unfortunately. Well, it is. Uh, listen, man, I, I was wondering why they have put them in a in – a, police escorted bands and leave the stadium before anybody starts getting out of there because people look at the look at the stuff happens just to entertainers now my, my gosh we had a story today about um cardi b uh somebody threw a drink on her and she uh threw her uh microphone to them i mean and i think it's these people trying to get uh get them on video so they can put it up on youtube or something mm-hmm. and get a whole bunch of hits i mean but i don't understand the mentality in so many respects of people today well you know it's funny earl earl in the world of officiating i can't relate to the celebrities um you think it'd just be standard procedure when you're walking on and off the field that just as long as you have somebody there but there's so many schools that do not even have a, a somebody uh, to escort, yeah escort us off the field you're kidding and last year they had to make it a thing with within at least within shelby school shelby county that we had it, we have to have a police escort uh, from the school or somebody there to escort us from the field to where we're we're dressing or getting ready for the ball game. And it's it's really unfortunate that you have to get to that point. And there's one thing to heckle the, the to the refs and 
you know, that, that's that I do believe that's kind of some of the fun for some people. But when you you start threatening them, threatening them, or getting in their face, or throwing stuff at them, it, it gets a new ball game. And uh, you know, I think years ago, I, I remember somebody came up and grabbed my whistle and pulled it off my neck. Yeah, I just kind of laughed about it. You don't think anything of it. Nowadays, people will do that, and then. Yeah, that's swing just, or that's, <laughs> that's just the beginning. Yeah, and and then then you add in all the videos or anything like that going on. And I, I saw one that happened last year. It was, it, I think it was in Pennsylvania. Somebody did something to the official, and then he kind of reacted and just kind of shoved him back. Of course, they only show the part where the referee shoves the guy back. Doesn't show what happened next. Yeah, or what happened prior to that um, that, that caused the official to do that. You know, and, and we got to protect ourselves. We're only human, and. Uh, and, stuff and like you that. have a right to defend yourself. Um, but I, I hate that because, in my opinion, it's ruining the game, stuff like that. There, there's a lot more fun things to talk about. There's, you know, like you said, the NFL season's getting ready to start in, what, five weeks? Yeah, well, the well, end. but the, the, uh, the Hall of Fame game. Hall of Fame. <laughs> trying to think. I could tell you were thinking that. Uh, it was, my lips were moving, but nothing was coming out. Tell you what, it's a great look for you when you're doing that, Earl. <laughs> I had that, that Mitch McConnell look on my face. Where am I and what am I doing? But, uh, yeah, big NFL, the Hall of Fame game. Jets and the Browns. Uh, you know, it, it's always exciting because it's kind of the first game of the preseason. Preseason football is not always the most exciting. But the best part about football. that is football. Um, NFL starts, I think, the week of September 7th. College football starts the week before that. And uh, high school football starts in two or three weeks, August 18th. So, we're ready to roll. In fact, Todd Starnes, uh, some of his other nephews are playing football this year, and he's been going out to Wyatt Briarcrest to watch them yeah. practice. I said, you're going to the practice? It's 97 degrees, and they have aluminum stands that are hotter than that. Well, I get to I get to work my first scrimmage. We started all the scrimmages last week. That's kind of our practice as well, as well for the players. And I get to go to Whitehaven this evening. And uh, I'll get I'll get a quick reminder that uh, I should have started uh, working out a little bit before tonight, but it's always fun. I love getting started. <laughs> well, because the football players they have their uh, fall training, spring mm-hmm. training, fall training. What do refs do to get ready? <laughs> when you say refs, or what do I do? What do you? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question. <laughs> Do you lay off the brisket for a couple of days? Or? The, uh, well, I've definitely gotten better on trying to eat. I, I mean, eating proper and keeping yourself hydrated is probably the most important thing. But um, if you're doing it properly, I mean, you, you got to start in June, uh, even May. Just, you know, if you're just walking, kind of exercising a little bit. But when it comes Friday night, uh, you're running as much as the players. Um, and, and keep in mind, you're out there for every single play of the yeah. ball game. You don't get to come off. And uh, I'm, I'm not a young chuck anymore. I, I know you're, you're not surprised by that, but there's several other people in that same category. <laughs> and uh, you, you come those first two weeks, and, and, and our bodies uh, take a beating because of that. But, you know, there, there's things we can do to help prevent that, just like you said, by exercising, eating, hydration, stuff like that. And I always still I, – I, my mind still tells me that I'm 20-some years old. My body tells me that I'm – 55 years old when I'm out there on the field. Well, my mind doesn't even lie to me anymore. It goes, you're old, don't do that. Whatever you do. When, when I wake up, when I, I guarantee you when I wake up tomorrow morning, I'm going to go, why am I doing this? But I tell you what, for me, for Friday Night Lights, for high school football, it's one of the most exciting things I do. Um, absolutely, just the, 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 the environment's all awesome. And, uh, you know, it doesn't always have to be the biggest game of the week. But when you go out there and you got fans on both sides of the ball game, cheering the players are excited um I, I tell you what i miss most of the schools all have turf field now which very nice it's good for your knees but 
I, I miss going out there smelling that freshly yeah. cut grass, cook, cooking burgers, and the smoke's coming across the field. It, it's a I'm, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it because it's, uh, it, it's a it's a fun part of the year. I, I'll tell you how far back I go. Is, uh, I grew, grew up in West Texas and went went to Odessa Permian, which is where Friday Night Lights, the movie. Do they, the do they book, play football there? Yes, they do. <laughs> That's all they do. And uh, the thing I miss, because I, I remember going as a kid, a uh, little kid with my parents, and to W.T. Barrett Stadium, and there would be, 15, 20,000 people at a yeah. game on a Friday night. Because, like I said, there's nothing else going on. But I can remember, I always liked the smell of cigars on the stands. And no, you can't do that anymore. And it, so there's no, and you were talking about the smell of hamburgers. Now there's no fat in the hamburgers. They don't even smell the same. I tell you, there's some, you know, Briarcrest is one. They, they have good food. Uh, I love going out to ECS, going to Arlington. Uh, some of those schools, man, they start cooking and that smell starts coming across yeah. the field. And I'm like, Oh, when's halftime? When's halftime? Yeah. <laughs> Most of the schools bring us some food and stuff. And man, it, it, it it's, I, I like getting paid. Don't get me wrong, but when you get that good food at halftime or after the ball game, you're going, all right. Well, you just don't want to make sure you don't get too hot after eating a couple, yep. three or four hot dogs. You might be over there, you know, <laughs> bending over on the goal line. And <laughs> it, it, you just made me think last year we came in, uh, actually, ECS high school, officiating a ball game. And you know, I always wear my Notre Dame hat, right? Yeah. Well, when you're officiating, you wear your officiating hat. Well, we're on there, hot, you take off your hat, we're sitting there, had a drink, had food and whatnot. We get ready to go, I just reach over, pop my hat on, and I, I realize as I'm going out in the field, I had a couple of people kind of look at me funny, but, you know, it's me. Yeah. Just kind of used to that. You used to. We're, it's a minute till kickoff, kickoff, and one of the other guy goes, Mike, why are you wearing your Notre Dame hat? <laughs> I, I put on the wrong hat, so immediately sprinted into the locker room and got out there just in time for kickoff. But uh, so I, I thought you were going to say you had mustard on the on your hat with a big hot dog weenie on there. See, lesson number two, <laughs> you do not put condiments on your food at halftime just for that reason, yeah. especially when you used to wear the white pants. Oh, yeah. That was uh, a lesson that I learned the hard way. You don't want to have mustard on your pants when you go back out there. <laughs> now, now do you wear is it black pants with a white stripe? Black pants with a white stripe. They're more comfortable, um, but I miss the old white pants. I, I always liked the white pants. I thought they always looked, the refs always looked very fresh. I like the zebra shirts. I mm-hmm. thought those really looked good. They still wear the zebra shirts? Yeah, still wear the zebra shirts. And the quality of the material has gotten so much better. I mean, it used yeah. to be like you were wearing flannel, yeah. and you know, you were hot before you even started. But hey, they got good material on there, and it helped you try to stay cool. We're talking with Mike Adamson uh, about uh, the the advent of football season. We're all excited about that. We're going to take a quick break, uh, and then we're going to check see if there's any more information on the shooting that took place uh, today in the Berkeley area uh, by the Hebrew Academy and, and then the subsequent shooting of a suspect that uh, did fire a gun off outside the school but did not get in and nobody there was hurt. So stand by. We'll be back right after the break. And welcome back. Uh, we do have an update on the shootings that took place uh, earlier today at the Margolian uh, uh, Hebrew Academy, and then another shooting in Berkeley after that. Uh, this is uh, Assistant Chief Don Crow with MPD. All right. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Don Crow, Assistant Chief of Police for the Memphis Police Department, and I'm here to give you the preliminary information on an officer-involved shootings. As you can see, the scene is behind us. The scene is very active right now. We're very early in the investigation. But this incident actually started at about 12.20 this afternoon when officers from Appling Farm Station responded to an armed party call to Hebrew Academy on South White Station. 
On the scene, they learned that a suspect did try to enter the building armed with a gun. When he could not gain entry, he fired shots outside the school. Thankfully, that school had a great safety procedure and process in place and avoided anyone being harmed or injured at that scene. We cannot thank the people from Hebrew Academy enough for their vigilance and for their ability to get information to us. They were able to provide us with a photograph of the suspect. They also provided us with the vehicle description that the suspect left. He left that scene in a maroon Ram pickup truck with California tags. We put that information out citywide to our Memphis officers. We also shared it with the Shelby County Sheriff's Department and the Bartlett Police Department because of the part of the county that it was on. Great partnership with Shelby County Sheriff's Department, with the Bartlett Police Department. They put officers in the field to look for that. Shortly after that, officers with the Memphis Police Department did spot that suspect vehicle. They followed that suspect vehicle until they could get enough officers here to conduct a safe traffic stop. The suspect pulled the vehicle over. He immediately merged out of the vehicle with a gun in his hand, and that resulted in an officer discharging his duty weapon. That suspect was struck. That suspect has been transported to Regional One Hospital in critical condition. Along with this process, we notified District Attorney General Mulroy, Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, and the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation has now taken over the investigation. All right, so that's your update. Uh, the suspect is uh, at Regional 1 in uh, critical but stable condition, but I will say this, that everybody that goes to the hospital is listed in critical condition until they determine something other than that. But um, So he may not be as serious as it may sound right now, but uh, he was shot once by MPD that we know of, and uh, so they'll, they'll uh, continue to... Uh, Update us with more information as they get it. Um, I did get a call from uh, from a, a listener that, that I know and said that the subject is part of the uh, Orthodox Jewish community and that it was not anti-Semitic uh, in nature, that why he was going to the school, we don't know. Apparently, they knew him at the school and that he did try to get into the building and he did have a gun. He did uh, discharge it. And they did call police and gave them the information of the, who he was and had a picture of him. Uh, other than that, uh, that's all the information. Uh, they gave me a name, but I'm not going to release that uh, because uh, that's not really important right now. The important thing is that nobody was hurt uh, other than the suspect and, and wish that hadn't happened. But uh, the police did their job. The folks of the, the Jewish community, I mean the Mongolian um, uh, uh, Hebrew Academy did their job, as uh, the assistant chief just said, in making sure that was a safe environment for those students. And that needs to be the case at every school. And you wouldn't have the shootings that do take place. They can't get in. They can't hurt anybody. So uh, uh, we'll continue updated on any additional information that we get. Uh, we have Mike Adams in studio. We're talking about uh, NFL season cranking up and, uh, and uh, that uh, is a – part of the year that I always have enjoyed and uh, I don't eat as much as many hot dogs as I used to when I go to games. <laughs> that's that's part of the uh, excitement of going to the ball game, getting popcorn, get you uh, the food. Nice, yeah, it nice costs a coke. fortune to go get a, get a hot dog and a, a, a coke and uh well you, you know when you when you go they call NFL all all professional teams they say it's a family event. 
Um, I think you have to be a very uh, successful family to make it a family event. Well, there. you talk about you think it's expensive going to a high school or college game. Go to an NFL yeah, game. It's uh, it, it, it it really is unreal, and uh, you know you can't you know I, I think it'd be hard for a family of four to go to a regular game. Well, yeah, it's in the hundreds of dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the cheap seats are over tickets are over a hundred dollars. Well, and, they, and you can't go to a game. You know, the tickets end up being the easy part, I think. Yeah, it's, you once you get there, and you, then you, like you said, you got to buy a drink, you got to buy some popcorn, got to get a hot dog, and uh, hey, that stuff gets a little expensive. And then if you gamble, well, we wouldn't do that. But I know what you're talking about. <laughs> well. We're going to gamble. We got a break coming up. We're going to take it, and then we'll be coming back. And we're going to talk about the game that's coming up this Thursday night between um, the Jets and uh, their new quarterback and uh, the Browns, and about the changing trend in running backs that they're 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 kind of de-emphasizing running backs. In fact, there's a bunch of good ones that are out there nobody's picking up as a free agent. So yep. we'll talk about all of that coming up. Stay with us. And thank you very much, and uh, welcome back on a hot Monday afternoon, 97 degrees last time I checked. Uh, Mike Adamson is here. He's just drove in in his car. Uh, what, what did your car say it was? It was it, it, my car said 98, so 97. We're yeah. in the same boat. And uh, when I was in the car with the air conditioner, I was going, man, it's not bad out here. I oh, stepped out. When you look out the window, it's like you're driving across country. You're like, I could, look how green everything is. Then, then you stop to, you know, the gas station or something and go, ah. Oh. Well, I'm lucky enough when I, especially in the morning, when I walk out of my house where my car is, it's shade. So you always walk, hey, it's not too bad. Yeah. And then you take two steps to get to my car, and then it's all sun beating down on you. Yeah. And the humidity. Big, <laughs> the humidity. Big, big difference. And I had the, the fortune, you know, we tried to talk last week, and I was in South Carolina this week, and I got to help a friend move. And uh, when you're inside a big U-Haul, you realize how humid, yeah. humid and hot it is. And uh, it was a, it was an eventful day, and uh, we, as we talk about how we love to get along with our wives and things like that, being involved in a state from Indiana to South Carolina with a husband and wife, it gets very eventful. At times. So you was this couple and just you, yes. And so, and you were the buffer between the two of them. I, I was kind of the buffer between the two, and kind of what had happened is, you know, she they they both caught on that I'm the middleman. Mm-hmm. So instead of you know, if it's husband and wife, well, you know, put it over there, put it over there. Hey, Mike, what do you think? And I'd say, oh, put it over there. And both of them, oh, okay. But when they would ask each other, they'd get the rolling of the eyes and stuff like that. And, of course, my sarcasm and, and good wit and humor yes. helped, helped them out a lot. Yeah. That's <laughs> you can leave now. And, and as I said, I could also take a break whenever I wanted. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the you know, free hired help. And uh, so, you know, every, about, I'd, about every hour, I'd just sit down, get me a drink, get me a Gatorade, a Powerade, whatever. Sit and enjoy it, and then go back to work. But, you know, if you're doing that with your wife, I'm not saying our wives are bad. I'm just, in general, that uh, typically, are you going to sit there? Or are you going to start working? Are you going to sit there? Are you going to move that box? And we never heard that. It was actually, I would hate use this term very loosely, we had a very good time moving. Well, uh, we moved my kids last weekend, and uh, fortunately they had a lot of help because mm-hmm. Papa had to go sit in the truck and cool off. It's, it was hot in the back of that U-Haul truck, and uh, they had a lot of stuff. It's amazing what they've accumulated in six years. Oh, no. Gosh, it's just unreal. With the, the, the most aggravating thing about the whole move was when we got there to South Carolina and we're taking everything off, and uh, 
she, well, I'll say they, started going, oh, we're going to throw this away. And I go, now? <laughs> after we moved that? Yeah, after we moved it? Why didn't we think about that before? And, and of course, we're all done. This was uh, this Saturday evening. We went out to eat. We're sitting there talking. And what, what, what could we do differently? And before any one of them said a word, I said, get movers, real movers. Yeah. <laughs> Let <laughs> and, me make a suggestion. And, and worst part is they were both – he, he was moving to South Carolina because he got a very nice job promotion. I mean, easily could have paid for this, yeah. for the move. And I said, Next time, I'll pitch in money yeah. <laughs> for to help you guys move. It has to be done again. But anyway. Sitting over a bottle of Anison and yeah. uh, telling them to move up. But as we're going through all this, we were talking about the move. Every time we'd sit down and start talking, it always came back to what we're talking about right now. For good old fall football. <laughs> yeah, I bet the woman was not talking about – the wife was not talking about fall football. Although what, there are plenty of women that love football. She, she's one of them. So she kind of she was she knew what we're talking about, and uh, she's a good good lady. Vanessa's a very nice lady. Um, unlike my my wife is an awesome wife. We've talked about that, but she knows nothing about football and doesn't want to and cares nothing yeah. about football. And the, the, actually, the funniest part is we'll be sitting there, and you you see a plane. She goes, well, why do they do that? And you almost don't know how to answer the question because it's so basic. In fact, one time she goes. Why do they snap the ball between their legs? <laughs> well, that's a good I, question. <laughs> I, said, I don't know. That's what they do. But she, she's dead serious. She's sitting there trying to understand it. And then I said, you know, you got to do four plays to get 10 yards first down. She doesn't ask, you know, what do you got to do to get the 10 yards? Who made it up that it was 10 yards? Why do you only get four downs? <laughs> yeah, see, Kathy asks me stuff like that all the time. Like, well, I'll tell her about a movie. In fact, we watched this movie this weekend, uh, Gigi. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, Luis Jordan and uh, uh, Maurice Chevalier, and Those it was shot games. back in 1959. And so it, it, the whole story was a musical, and but it, it was a, kind of a cool movie. And she wanted to know, well, is is Luis Jordan married? I said, no. See, what, is, what this girl's, this young girl's aunt and mother are doing is teach her how to be a you know attractive to the males, so that they will they will take her on as their mistress. Lure the, she was trying to lure the man in. Well, yeah, and have him pay, you know, she was not very wealthy, and he was wealthy. And he said, you mean he's not going to marry her? I said, no, that's not what they did back in those days. Well, I don't I, I don't know. What about some people had to get married? I said, yeah, but even those guys had mistresses. <laughs> what? And I said, yeah. That's the way it was. I said, no, that doesn't happen anymore. Uh, but it was a good movie. Back when they made movies uh, that were good. And we, we were actually just talking about that in, in good, good movies. Or, hey, you were talking about, well, television shows, The Office. You watched The Office. I watched Seinfeld. Did you also watch Seinfeld? Uh-huh. There's there's not one single show on network television that I tune into. Nothing. I, I, I had the misfortune of a nightmare weekend at the airport, and I, I got to watch several episodes of Seinfeld and several several of on The Office. On your phone. Yes, sitting there on the, uh, on the phone while I'm sitting there at the airport. But I was also sitting there watching. There was many episodes there's no way that they could play those episodes nowadays. <laughs> Just you know, things they say or things they talk about. But um, in my in my mind, some of the great uh, best uh, sitcoms are was the two we just mentioned. And you brought up uh, what you brought. Uh, I love Lucy. Um, you know, heck, I oh, remember Leave uh, It to Beaver. <laughs> yeah, you know, I love Lucy. There are more people that, that, that back then there were like a hundred million people in the country, and and more than half of them were watching I Love Lucy every week. Well, they didn't have as many choices like we do now. But no. I, I tell you, no, I, I love the Carol Burnett show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Andy Griffith. Uh, All great, the, yeah. great, 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 great. And, and, and they got nothing now. And, you know, CBS, actually, they had at one time CBS had 
the Andy Griffith Show, the Beverly Hillbillies, mm-hmm. Green Acres, <laughs> um, and it was called, but they called them the, the Tiffany Network, and they were, had all these, you know, uh, uh, kind of clodhopper shows on, and they said, so we're going to change the image. We want to go back to being the Tiffany Network. They lost the ratings. They've never gotten them back yeah. to what they had at that time. But, you know, one, one bad thing, uh, you, there's always good sarcasm, fun things in, in almost all the sitcoms. But I mean, it started back like in the in the seventies. It was always kind of making fun of the dad, kind of making fun of the dad, and it went from you know it's funny to that's what people think the dads are nowadays. And no, I, 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 you know, not in my house, of course not. No. And I'm sure your family would agree. That's the important thing, right? That's because I won't stand for it, <laughs> especially when Get they're off not, my lawn. Especially when they're not here. <laughs> Uh, but speaking of get off my lawn, uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be playing. This will be uh-huh. his first game since he uh, was traded to the Jets. Uh-huh. And people in New York are just beside themselves. They think this is this is the this is the best chance they've had since Joe Namath yeah. to, to win a Super Bowl. Well, they uh, they had a very good team last year, and their missing ingredient was the court was not the court, yeah the quarterback. And uh, so Aaron Rodgers coming in should be a good one. Um, I think it'll be a little difficult. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be dealing with the different uh, news media. The New York uh, media is a little different than the Green Bay, the, well, where they love him. <laughs> yeah, but there's still the national media, yeah. and you still have to deal with those uh-huh. guys. The sports writers are notorious. Uh, one, one of my best friends here in Memphis is a Jets fan, so I've almost become a f- – I don't know if fan is the proper word, but I know more about the Jets than I ever would have before. But uh, he, he, he thinks this is their year. Well, I heard on ESPN this morning – uh, that uh, he may be the weakest link on the whole team. Well, that's pretty amazing. But they, because they, they're all so good. Yeah, they, they were, uh, like I said, just a, if they would have had a quarterback last year, I'm sure they would have made some, some big noise last year. So hopefully that will come into play. And uh, Just never know in the NFL who's going to step up that year. And Well, and uh, speaking of that, Dak uh, has got – Probably one more year to, to to make up for last year. Who, who's he play for again? It's it's the, your favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, sometimes <laughs> I just forget that. I really do. I really. In fact, really I nearly sent you a thing. They had a training camp the other day, and uh, they had the the Dallas Cowboy cheers out there getting it. it probably thirty thousand people out there just for watching uh, the camp. I, I was looking as we we're. I knew we were going to be talking about the Hall of Fame game today. I looked up a couple things. You'll be. I learned two things today. Well, you can't tell us yet because we've got to take a break. You're going to love them. Uh, two things. <laughs> two things about the Hall of Fame game, and we'll talk about right after the break. Stay with us. And welcome back on a hot Monday afternoon. It doesn't feel like football weather, but it is. And uh, this coming Thursday night, the Hall of Fame game between the Jets uh, and the Cleveland Browns, uh, two teams that in years past have uh, not generated a lot of excitement in any way. But now, the Browns had a good year last year. Yeah. Brown, Brown, actually, I think what's really neat about this game is you got two really pretty uh, strong fan bases that yeah. haven't, neither teams had much success of the, of the last few years. And they're dying for it, just like yeah. the, the Dallas Cowboys are dying for a success. And, uh, <laughs> I, 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 you know what I heard you just say? The Dallas Cowboys are dying. <laughs> That's one of the best statements I've heard you say. Before. Yeah. Well, so what's your team? <laughs> I love the Indianapolis Colts. I remember I'm an Indiana person, so I keep forgetting that the, the Colts. It, uh, Indiana is such a forgettable state. That you know, there's so much to do. It's just in a square state, isn't it? I it's, mean, it's, it's long you, and got a little. Yeah, but it, yeah, that's pretty yeah. much it. 
And uh, if you were to put it on a flag, just the shape of the state, nobody would know what that is. I, I, unfortunately, it could, be, it could be a piece of cornbread. I had a friend that's going to Michigan, and they're driving through. Uh, they're going to be driving through Indiana, and they go, "Where do we need to stop in Indiana?" You don't. Well, there's some gas stations. Uh, you know, one thing, a food that I wish they had here, especially because because pork is so predominant, a grilled pork tenderloin. I don't or a, a breaded pork tenderloin. Oh. Breaded. Oh, oh, we do. We don't bread them. We we do grill them and and cook them in the oven. Oh, it, it it basically you can get a, a pork chop pork chop size of meat yeah. and you beat it down. It's about uh, that big. How big is that? Eight yeah. inches around. Yeah. And you make it in. You bread it. That's the size of a plate. It. Yeah. And oh man, it, it's it's phenomenal. They do not have them here. Um, I had one at Thai Smokehouse there in Boston. Sounds like a veal cutlet to me. It, 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 look, the looks are familiar. Taste completely different. Ah. Hey, but that's, I said, you know, you, get, you need to get a tenderloin, but you need to get it at a, a breaded tenderloin at the right spot. And uh, as I was telling them, then just keep on driving. Well, that's like chicken fried steak. They don't do, they do country fried steak in this part of the country. Mm-hmm. But in Texas, what they do is they take a, a steak mm-hmm. and they pound it out, just like you were talking about the pork tender. And then they uh, roll it in uh, milk or buttermilk, mm-hmm. and then you put it in flour, and you fry it just like you're frying chicken. Yeah. And it has that same outside crust to like the chicken does, and yet you're eating steak, and then you put cream gravy all over that, and then mashed potatoes with cream gravy on there, and then you take about half a bottle of ketchup, and you dump on the whole thing. <laughs> and at 3 o'clock in the morning after being out late, you're going, Ugh. or that's when it tastes really good. Oh, that's when it's really good, yeah. The other thing about the, the breaded tenderloin, what they do, I, I was kind of showing you the regular size, a, a plate size. You'll get them, and they're they're a foot radius. I wow. mean, around. I mean, just, and they're and they're just potato chip thin. I like a, I like them smaller, a little thicker. But you'll see the hamburger bun, and it just looks like a little dot in the middle of the great big tenderloin. <laughs> and so you you spend half your time cutting Eating off the, the the edges, the outside edges. And uh, but it, it's it's a good food. I'd highly recommend it. So um, like like at Notre Dame, like at uh, Texas uh, Memorial Stadium, or where they go play in the Cotton Bowl, mm-hmm. you got corn dogs, you got hot dogs, you got hamburgers, all that kind of stuff. What do they eat at Notre Dame at the stadium? Well, in in God's country, where you talking about? Is that what you meant? I meant that that place in the square state up there called Indiana. <laughs> and, and I did when my friend said, "You need to stop by Notre Dame, get see Touchdown Jesus." Um, the the cool part, I think, at any tailgate party is how creative different people get with foods that they're trying to bring. But um, the tenderloins typically are not a popular one at the uh, tailgating because usually you got you, you got to you uh, can't eat with it's not a finger food. Yeah, and it, you know you put them down in oil and stuff like that. But you're you're going to always get the regular uh, you know all the hand finger foods. I, gosh, I'm, I'm picturing pierogies. Do you eat pierogies? Yep. Um, uh, you know, the, the corn dogs are real big. Um, I'm just draw, I'm drawing a complete blank, and I'm, I'm picturing the last time I was there as I was walking down each one of the places and eating. Um, but uh, I, I think, to me, do they do ham- hamburgers? Oh, ha- oh yeah, they'll have hamburgers. Uh, now, are hamburgers better in, in, in Indiana than they are in, in Tennessee? Well, it's in my opinion, it's hard to mess up a hamburger. It's, well, but they are, there are bad hamburgers. Yeah, and, and uh, so they, they, they have good ones. Um, in my hometown, there's this place called Ivanhoe's. It's been a, it's a uh, ice cream place. It's been open since 1966, I think. Just started out with an open window. You walked up. Now it's great big, and people literally drive for hours to go there and eat and get a milkshake. They have 150 different milkshakes wow. and 150 different kind of sundays, and uh, it's good. 
I don't think I'd drive three hours for it. But but is it like old-fashioned milkshakes where they really used uh, that pound? Because there's a malt, and yeah. it's called a malt. Uh, they'll, they'll have the, what you know, like the blizzard type of things where they're thick, and you almost like you're just eating ice cream. And then they have the, you know, kind of the regular milkshake where you can drink it out of so a straw, straw and stuff yeah. like that. So it just depends on what kind you get. But, man, they have a phenomenal, and this is one of the tailgate things. That's what led me there. Anything with strawberries is always going to be a hit, even in, in the fall when the strawberries are kind of out. But um, they, they have, at Ivanhoe's, they have this strawberry shortcake that you'll get. And, Earl, you and I, our wives, everybody here at the radio station, if you order one of them, would have more than enough to eat. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, so what about uh, adult beverages? Uh, mm-hmm. Like in this part of the country, bourbon, vodka, Scotch, the, the, is, but then you go to Chicago, just about everybody drinks just beer. Uh, beer. Beer has been, the, I think, the most popular one, and I think especially when you relate it to tailgating, you know, sit and drink a couple beers and stuff like that and go to a ball game, it's okay. You start drinking a couple bourbons, and that, that affects people differently. Yeah, um, like go to a Mississippi State game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or an Ole Miss game. It's, uh, they're affected. Yeah, there, there's a big difference on, on what you're drinking there, but... <laughs> Uh, and I think the world of the bourbon, and that's a whole new, we could talk for a whole show or for a week on the, the way bourbons become popular. Yeah. And, and, and tequila. Like and, and see, I'm going to give you some more inside information about me. Well, you got to give us the two things about the game before you do that. Oh, you, let's go. In, okay. We'll go. Cause that's where we're, supposed we're to almost out of time. The, uh, the two things about the hall of fame. Game. Well, one, they're both about football. One of them's a the hall of fame. Who, what team has the most players in the hall of fame? Green Bay. No, good guess. They're in the top ten. I'll give you three guesses. Uh, it's, not the, the, it's not the Cowboys, I'm sorry. I wouldn't think it would be Then the Chicago Bears? <laughs> number one. They were the number one team. Well. And uh, I, that, that surprised me. But then when I started down the But looking, you look how long they've been a power. Exactly. That, and that, that's kind of when I was like, oh, wow, yeah, and you start reading those names. What really surprised me when I started going down the list, um, shoot, I just drew the blank again, for the Cowboys on the guys that were not in the Hall of Fame yet. Um, that that I think they're that are on the way, but the uh, number two one I think you might know the answer to this one. Who is America's number one NFL team? Well, it's the Dallas Cowboys. I hate to agree with you, but that's it. <laughs> I thought you'd like that one. Well, if it wasn't, that's, I would not have accepted any other answer to that. Mike Adamson, thanks for stopping by, and uh, we're going to start doing our picks of the week here coming up. So we'll be looking for that. That's always a lot of fun. And be sure to tune in uh, Thursday night, Hall of Fame game. We'll see you tomorrow.